Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hello, and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball, and I am joined by two of Tomahawk Nation's finest, Josh Pick, and David Stout. We are going to be talking about the Seminole Showcase this past week, a couple of pickups for Florida State, and what could be in the future. So let's jump right into it. Guys, how are you doing? Josh, how is, uh, how's life treating you? Uh, pretty well, man. Uh, happy to see Florida State pick up some commitments over the weekend and continuing into today. Yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it was a, we're going to get into it in a minute, but it was uh, three commitments over three different classes. So, uh, Kind of a crazy way they stacked that. David, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Trying to stay dry in stormy, rainy Jacksonville. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, uh, Louisville's about to get hammered with the storm tonight as well. So uh, I just I felt bad for you, David. So I wanted to fit in. We Thank can't so all we can't all live in paradise like uh, like Josh. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of paradise, we're not talking about the Miami Hurricanes. We are talking about Florida State's recruiting. Uh, last weekend was the Seminole Showcase, uh, where Florida State hosted several uh, current commits and some targets, and uh, it, it it was a it was a good weekend. It, it, there's probably not quite the impact in commitments that some fans might be hoping for. Uh, but I think there are some on the way. But uh, Florida State was able to pick up some some commitments. And Florida State also, I think more importantly, Josh, and I want to get your thoughts here, uh, was able to continue to secure the current commitments they had. They had a, a couple of big-time uh, 2023 kids that are committed show back up, which just continues to reaffirm that relationship. Yeah, the biggest one that kind of has been a question mark just because he's been visiting and he's an out-of-state kid is Keith Sampson, 
the defensive tackle from uh, North Carolina, and he showed back up and had a great time and said he plans to come back down again in the fall. And from all we can tell, it seems like he's really solidified his commitment. So that's a, that's a big plus for the staff. And, and then, of course, for me, it was, it was just great to see Lucas Simmons and, and Rod Kearney there. Uh, those guys, in my opinion, uh, are the, uh, the cornerstones of this class, and uh, continuing to have them show up is, is a huge, huge thing. But let's jump into the commitments. David, first off, let's just go uh, in order. Uh, Florida State picked up a grad transfer, 2022 defensive back uh, Malik Feaster. Um, David, I, I think Florida State fans, if they are really diligent fans, may be familiar with Feaster as uh, he was uh, a victor over Florida State this past season. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was one of the ones doing the chop out there after they won. <laughs> so he's already he's already working that out. He's got some experience doing the celebration. But, um, yeah, as soon as FSU offered him, we figured, all right, there's a high likelihood of this happening. Um, the coaches, I've been saying this in the, the message boards, um, the coaches were just hell-bent on getting that one additional corner, um, whether corner or safety, really, they just wanted another defensive back. I think they're very happy that they landed another corner. Um, and the cool thing about Feaster is he's, he can help at a, a few different places. Um, he can be on either side, field or boundary corner. He can uh, come up in the slot. That's fine. He has that skill set. And he's about six feet tall and has has a good length on his arms as well. And so, um, but I think where we're going to see the biggest impact for him is going to be on special teams. Um, and we know that special teams has been a thorn in the rear end of FSU in the past. And so um, they need guys who are who are aggressive and sure tacklers. And Beaster's one of those guys. He has a pretty good tackling uh, percentage. I, I looked up, I think, for – Pro football um, focus, I think he only missed two tackles last season out of and then made 42 or whatever. Um, so he's pretty sure tackler. He's aggressive. He can thump guys. Um, and so, yeah, the coaches got their guy on this. Uh, they did beat out Auburn. We found out that Auburn also offered him because he went from Florida State. I think he was at Florida State on Thursday. Went to Auburn on Friday, got offered by Auburn, but uh, it was he had already um, pretty much made up his mind that he's going to be a Seminole. Um, so they'll have him. He's immediately eligible. He'll be here, uh, I think, in about a week or so at, at FSU, and um, he'll try to work his way in. Uh, he is not going – I'd be shocked if he was a starter at any point in the first half of the season. Um, but he's going to be in the rotation, and he's going to help out. And and I think it's a, it's a nice depth pickup, and it's really nice for special teams. Josh, here's my question. This is probably Florida State's last – <laughs> uh, transfers for the 2022 class. We saw Florida State pick up just uh, a ton of players this past season uh, or this past offseason. Do you feel like they addressed all of the needs or do you feel like there's a spot that they missed? That's a good question. I think I would have liked to see them try and get another impact defensive end probably. I do think the fact that they slid Dennis Briggs outside helps there. Um, the fact they only play two linebackers probably makes the fact they got Bethune, they've already got Deloach there, helps. And the fact that Lundy actually made a commitment to lose weight and make it to where he can actually play all three downs in the field if you need him, that helps there as well. Um, backup quarterback, maybe. 
I still don't trust Tate. Um, And obviously, A.J. Duffy's a true freshman. He's going to get better, but he's still a true freshman. You don't want him to play in case Travis gets injured and he's had his injury history. Uh, You know, obviously, you'd love to see Jordan Travis stay healthy for a full season, but we haven't seen that yet at Florida State. So, I don't know. I understand why they're adding another defensive back, especially when they play five on the field most of the time and sometimes six, but I would like to see a backup quarterback, really. That's uh, and that's really where I was going to go as well. And that, but it was such a tough spot to bring in a backup quarterback with Jordan Travis really cemented in that role. You were basically asking somebody to come be the backup, which most of the kids in the portal aren't looking to do that. So it was a, it was a tough spot. Uh, David, kind of same question to you. Do you agree backup quarterback, or was there another spot that you feel like Florida State missed? No, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I actually would have liked them to bring in a safety. <laughs> I, I was really hoping for the for David, the, the Oregon kid. I, I think he would have been a really nice fit. Um, it would have been nice to bring in a safety because you know you're going to lose Robinson after this year. And if, um, if uh, Dent continues to play like he did at the end of the season, he could very well be gone. And so uh, not so much for this season, but I think for next season, that would have been a really nice pickup. Um, yeah, backup quarterback would have been nice. I gave up uh, my – I'm not going to die on the linebacker hill just because, again, you know, Bethune is, is awesome. And so whatever, I'm not going to die on that hill. But a defensive lineman, another defensive lineman would have been nice too, even a running back. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that corner would have been where I wanted to go, but it definitely was where the coaches wanted to go. So we'll, we'll trust him in that. Yeah, and, and the fact he's a graduate transfer is a little bit disappointing, too. Like, you'd like to get a younger guy who has a chance to play and kind of develop in your system. That's what I was hoping for, would be a guy who was maybe coming in as a sophomore. Yeah, I think the, the, the name that really stands out to me, or the, or the one that stands out overall, was I, I feel like Florida State really had a, a legitimate shot at the kid out of NC State, that defensive end. I can't, his name's escaping me at this point. He seemed very interested in Florida State, and that's that's when they were in the Jared versus sweepstakes still. Um, I, I think that would have been a kid. Was it Terrell Dawkins? No. No, that's not yeah. right. Is that right? Something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a kid, I think, because uh, he was a young kid. He would have had multiple years in the program, uh, and I think he would have been somebody that you could probably, not necessarily, but started, but he would have been somebody that was first off, uh, you know, first into two deep. So that's, that's the one that stands out to me is, as kind of the miss. Um, but let's, let's, let's stay on the positive train. Let's go to the 2023 class. Today's pickup uh, three-star Jabril, Jabril Rawls out of Pensacola Catholic uh, here, very, very close to Florida state. Uh, Josh, is this one that uh, you're kind of surprised Florida state went ahead and pulled the trigger on, or do you see the appeal of, of picking up Rawls already? Well, I think he's a little bit raw. I think he's got good size, but I am, I am surprised that Florida state took his commitment this soon. And Florida state sent out August 1st, their official offers. And he was one of the ones that posted this morning. I was like, Oh, I'm kind of surprised that they actually extended an official to him this soon. And kind of as soon as they extended that, he was like, okay, I'm jumping on board because Florida state was the best offer he had bar none. And so I was a little bit surprised that they took his commitment this soon. Yeah, David, let me get your thoughts from a scouting perspective. He's got good size uh, that you want at corner. How do you feel about Rawls? Yeah, I um, he does. He has he has good size. Um, 
And, you know, he can certainly run. He's, he's got the longer frame and he can run with guys. Um, I want to see more from him being able to flip his hips and, and those kinds of things. But he, this is a guy who probably needs minimum two years development before he starts seeing any kind of meaningful playing time. Um, and that's okay. FSU has the body certainly at, at uh, defensive back and um, he, they can afford to, to invest in him a little bit more. Um, I think he's a guy who will, will see on special teams sooner than in the defensive backfield, certainly. Um, but I think, uh, and Josh brought this up in the recruiting thread. I think there's some strategy behind this one because uh, Rawls is a kid that, you know, they FSU was clearly evaluating him very, very closely. And, you know, there's a couple different defensive backs. Um, Jamez Hamilton comes to mind. Uh, and I think there's another one I'm, I'm forgetting right now, but they were definitely evaluating him. But the thing about Rawls is he is a teammate of Josh. Kobe Howard, class of 2025 superstar. Kobe Howard, who is a freaking certified beast wide receiver. Now, unfortunately, um, I did read that uh, Kobe had an injury down at um, freaking Miami. Thanks, Miami. Uh, their camp down there, he got a leg injury. I think he has a fracture or something. He's going to be out for a few months. Um, but he is dynamite as a wide receiver. Um, Rawls is close with him. Uh, they're pretty good buddies. And so I think there could definitely be some strategy here. And I kind of like it when FSU dips into the panhandle area, the Pensacola kids. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm happy with the take. I'm fine with it. You know, I think they're going to take probably three corners, um, in this class and and we got to see what happens with Kent and Kirkland. Hopefully Kirkland, this is not commentary on where they feel like they are with Kirkland because if Kentucky beats FSU for him and Avery Stewart, like what are we doing? Um, So hopefully Kirkland is added to the class. And then I think you have a pretty solid trio of, of cornerbacks. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. You kind of beat me to it. I know Kirkland's more safety. Uh, Did you feel like this is, uh, any impact there or speaks to that, but I think you kind of addressed that. So I'll move on from that question. So. And we, and we do know that Kirkland is uh, FSU staff likes Kirkland at uh, corner, even though he's listed as a safety in the um, database, they like him at corner. Okay. Good to know. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on to, I, I think probably the biggest name of the weekend, uh, 2024 uh, safety CJ Hurd. uh, who, uh, by the way, had an amazing commitment video, if you haven't seen it. Uh, he dropped his top five, which did not include Florida State. Uh, and then he posted a graphic where the uh, outline of the gator symbol was being drawn. And then that was just kind of obliterated with him uh, with the Florida State edit. So uh, really good, really nice pickup. David, I'll start with you. This this kid is one uh, that, that could be uh, – he's only, quote, quote, unquote, ranked in the early – uh, composite as, as number 249, but this is a kid I think that's a lot higher than that number. I love CJ Hurt. He's one of my favorite players in the entire 2024 cycle, not just because he's, he's a very good player, but he's an awesome kid. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Lonnie Pryor in terms of personality, just has a smile that lights up a room. Very, very friendly, very, very, I mean, he was raised so well. Um, the cool thing about CJ Hurd is you can tell that he is, 
you can tell this kid is extremely family oriented. Like everywhere he goes, you see pictures of him with his little brother. His little brother's always there. Like his mom really, really close. And so you can tell that FSU's family atmosphere and environment, this is the perfect fit for him because he's going to get that both at home. And then when he comes to Florida state, he's going to have that family vibe. So I have a feeling that FSU fans are just going to fall in love with him. He's got an awesome personality. He's a natural leader. Uh, guys gravitate towards him. I know that the coaches see him as kind of a bell cow kind of guy for 2024, very vocal, um, very easy to talk to. So I, just from a personal standpoint, I'm kind of geeking out over because he's just a great kid. Um, Player-wise, he is a thumper. Um, he's your quintessential uh, safety you can put up in the box. He's going to get in a lot of tackles, thump linebackers, take guys out on the inside. Um, very, very good with run fits. So uh, I'm excited about him. He's, um, I don't know, I mean, he's just, he's going to be one of those guys that I think FSU fans, the more we talk about him and the more he's showcased and you see his videos and you hear him talk, you're going to really, really be happy that this kid's part of Florida State. Oh, and of course, we can't we can't not mention uh, the Twitter post. So if you haven't seen it, there's a Twitter post with him as a little kid and Dalvin Cook. And I mean, he, he talks about how he's grown up as a huge fan of Florida State. But like you can see it in this little boy's face with Dalvin Cook. He's totally starstruck. Like you can just see the garnet gold flowing through his, his blood in this. So I think he's a knoll to the bone. Josh. This is another name to an already like star-studded 2024 Florida State class. Uh, currently, way, 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 way early, the number two class in the nation, headlined by by, by Cameron Davis, who is going to be so hard to hold on to. Uh, Jordan Pride was also down south this past weekend, and other things like that. Um, what do you think is the difference with? why they're having such great success early on with the 2024 class versus I still think they're very, they're being very successful in the 2023 class, but is it just the relationships that were already built there? Oh, is it did some of these kids are just big time Florida state fans? Like, why is it that they're seeming to great to get so much more traction? And I know we're talking, uh, 18 months from now or whatever it might be before any of those kids even sign. But I guess what is it that, that's making that class uh, really resonate versus some of the struggles from this year? Yeah, I think a lot of it's timing. I mean, as, as they coalesce as a new staff, like 2022 was tough, obviously 2023 is still tough, even though, you know, they had a little bit more time for there, but I just think you got a lot of time to build relationships and I think Florida State has a great eye for talent. And once again, they kind of got on some of these guys early before they blew up and were able to get them in the house. And uh, I think they've done a very good job. And, and a big shout out on this one goes to Kiwan Ratliff. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Rat's doing some work. Um, and, you know, when you also think about it, we're almost a decade removed from the national title team. So that means these guys in the 2023, 2024, 2025, they were in elementary school when that happened, but they were old enough to start having heroes and start really understanding, you know, who they want to root for and stuff like that. So I think that the coaches are doing a really good job tapping into that nostalgia um, as well and getting these on campus. And another cool thing about CJ Hurd is he is in Atlanta. Um, so it's always nice to see FSU, you know, you always want to see him in South Georgia have a good presence, but it's nice to see Atlanta kids uh, on the roster as well. 
and and just talking about hurt a little bit more he's a he's a kid out of all these three he like he's a national recruit uh he liked florida quite a bit he had a florida offer um had an offer from michigan had an offer from oklahoma had an offer from oregon had an offer from penn state tennessee so like florida state beat out some big boys in, in landing cj hurt and it was kind of interesting that earlier in the week he released his top list and kind of trolled the florida state fan base and then on <laughs> commitment day he trolled the florida fan base and so it wasn't pretty earlier in the week, but it was sweet justice uh, when he committed to Florida State. Yeah, that was uh, that was one that when that top list dropped, I think all of us kind of in our little Slack group was like, oh, huh. Yeah, we're, what the hell? Are we going to lose this kid to Michigan? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, that was fun and that was nice. But uh, let, let's let's take a little bit of a turn here and, and talk about some news that didn't go Florida State's way this past weekend. Uh, Brock Glenn. Uh, who many, uh, a lot of the insiders had put in crystal balls for Florida State. Uh, a lot of people were leaning that way. Everybody was thinking that uh, Ohio State finally gave him the green light. Uh, and it was just like a mountain, like, oh, that kid's going to Ohio State. And that's pretty much, that's, that's what happened. He announced for Ohio State this weekend. Uh, Florida State pushed their cards in, decided to go uh, looking for other quarterbacks, which potentially is what led to Parson decommitting. Uh, now it uh, looks like Collins is pretty solid to Purdue. Glenn's going to be going to Ohio State. Josh, that kind of leaves Florida State with uh, no real quarterback target here on the table. Um, I have my thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts first, Josh. How big of a hit is this for Florida State? Uh, it obviously stinks losing out in Glenn, but two months ago, nobody in the Florida State fan base even knew who Brock Glenn was. So, I mean, it's not fun, and, and you never want to lose a player of that caliber, especially when some of the experts predicted him to go to Florida State and all that. Florida State had a great relationship with his staff and did a good job with Glenn, but, you know, Florida State right now just can't compete with Ohio State in any single area. So Florida State versus Ohio State, you understand 100% why you'd go to Ohio State. I guess the only thing Florida State could have, could have sold is early playing time, but they've got A.J. Duffy, who's already in the system and doing pretty well, so – it's not necessarily an easy thing to do at Florida state either. Um, it's a loss, but I think in this era where you can get immediate guys to come in verse via the portal, it's not a huge, it's not the end of the world. And as, as we mentioned, like nobody knew about Collins, nobody knew about Glenn, even one month ago, Chris Parsons, not good enough to be the only quarterback in the class, especially with some of his off the field concerns, you know, with his father and playing time demands and being the only quarterback demand, all that kind of stuff that we've heard about. And, personality issues and whatnot and now now it kind of makes more sense why he's been to three high schools in the last three years and um it's not ideal but I'm, I'm glad and we've talked about it a little bit amongst ourselves that we're, we're glad that Florida State didn't overreact to, to Parson decommitting and Glenn going to Ohio State and throwing offers out this weekend to kids that were on campus yeah I'm, I'm really happy that didn't happen because what you don't want to see is those panic offers go out and then you offer somebody that you haven't done your due diligence on, which clearly FSU does its due diligence on every prospect, but really quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I think that the uh, Parson FSU separation is probably best for both parties, if not best for FSU. Um, and for those who are kind of upset about Parson leaving the class and then whiffing on Glenn, um, keep in mind, we have not seen offers start pouring in for Chris Parson after he left FSU, as you see with other prospects. Um, I think that is very much has to do with the way 
his camp has um, approached this whole thing and they did it publicly and coaches talk. And so um, I think that ended up hurting him. Uh, so we'll wish him well if he goes to Vanderbilt or Mississippi State or wherever the hell he goes, whatever. Um, but Glenn, I mean, it's it's definitely a loss. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because FSU did put a lot of time and effort into this. And what what drives me nuts about it is he his skill set would have just been the dadgum perfect fit for what they want to do on offense. That's what's so frustrating about it. Um, a lot of the things FSU does, he has already learned. Uh, from his high school. So he's got the basic foundation and the concept. So it just, it would have been a nice fit. Um, and we were hoping that uh, Austin uh, Novasad or not Novasad or whatever his name is uh, from Baylor was going to go to Ohio state, because if that would have happened, Glenn would be a Seminole. Um, but so we'll see what happens, you know, maybe Ohio state feels that they can upgrade during the season and maybe they get a kid and and Glenn is kind of the odd man out and FSU is going to be there waiting. That's for sure. They'll take him whenever they can, if that's the case. So I'm sure they'll, they'll keep talking to him, but um, yeah, we're not sugarcoating it. It's definitely a loss, but as Josh said, quarterback recruiting, recruiting in general, but really quarterback recruiting has changed a lot now. Um, and I was talking to Josh earlier that I'm sure that there are some staffs out there who are like, unless he's a bona fide star top five kid, we're not going to recruit high school quarterbacks anymore. We're just going to play the portal each year because those guys have come in. They've been part of a system, you know, all that stuff. We don't want to have to, you know, develop a kid right out of high school and then see him leave in two years. We want to be the beneficiary of that. We want to be on the other side. Um, so it's not devastating by any means. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, if AJ Duffy continues to develop the way you hope he does, none of this matters because, whoever they bring in in 2022, if A.J. Duffy turns out to be a multi-year starter, whoever they brought in in this class is probably going to transfer after a year or two. So as long as they can hold on to Luke Cromenhoek in uh, the next class, I think FSU will be okay. Uh, but it still stings. We're not saying this isn't a loss because it definitely is. It would have been awesome to have Glenn as part of the class. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, this is a PR hit for Florida State. I, I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, be, a lot because of how the Chris Parson situation played out, which I think Florida State would have been happy with Chris Parson had he stayed. Uh, it's just the way everything played out. Yeah. I, I think this is just <laughs> there's Florida State has just had so much negative media recruiting over the past year and everything. This is just another you know typical everybody gets to go up. Oh, Florida State dropped the ball again. But to your point. It's so hard, and to Josh's point now, with the transfer portal to stack quarterbacks year after year after year and keep them in your system. That's gone, and it doesn't happen anymore. And if A.J. Duffy uh, plays up to, you know, growing into that potential that he has, you know, the, the year right after Duffy is not that big of a deal. Uh, Luke's probably a bigger deal in the, in the 2024 class. Because if he red shirts and everything, then you're talking him being basically two years behind Duffy, where he may only have to sit a year or something like that uh, with, with the way it all works out. So it's a big loss, like you said, David. But to, to the main point, I think it more than on the field, it's more of an off the field hit, in my opinion. Yeah, and I get what you're saying about PR and obviously the fact that Florida State had crystal balls and people thought for a little while that he was all Florida State. Um, that hurts, but you didn't lose him to a rival and you didn't lose her to, to a lesser program. Like those, in, in my opinion, like Florida State versus Ohio State, like you lost it. it. It is what it is at this point. 
and you have a great relationship with him when he realizes, and there's no offense to you, Brock, but I mean, the kids that Ohio State has coming in and they've got Rayola coming in, who's an absolute freaking stud. I mean, unless people get hurt, I don't see him winning that job. So you've got an excellent relationship with him. Maybe you circle back in a year or two and you're like, hey, man, we'd still love to see you. But uh, something Josh and I were also talking about is I think the most important recruiting job that FSU can do in the quarterback room right now is try to convince Jordan Travis to come back for another year after this year. Um, Because, you know, we know that he's been hurt. He's had a terrible offensive line, not good skill positions. That's changing this year. That's starting to change. And so, you know, a good year this year with some good film behind a good offensive line and some more skilled guys, that can be helpful. But I don't know that one year of good film is going to get Jordan Travis to the league. So maybe they say, hey, come back next year when our offensive line is going to be even better. We're going to have more skilled guys, all this stuff. Maybe two years of good film, we get you in the league on that. So I think that's probably the most important recruiting job they have right now is Jordan Travis and then uh, Luke Cromanoff. Yeah, and just just kind of to put a bow on Glenn, like if you are able to get him in the end, like you love the fact that he's confident enough to think that he can go to Ohio State and play. Like that tells you all you need to know about Glenn. This is one of my favorite things about that kid. I love the confidence. Yeah, that was what I was going to say, Josh. Uh, you know now that Brock's not scared of competition. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think if I'm being honest and, you know, I, I try not to be like the overly emotional recruiting fan, but it gets the best to me at times. The weekend results as far as commitments weren't what you were hoping for. I, I think you were hoping for at least one big name to pop for this last big uh, you know, recruiting weekend of the year. We think back to last year, this is where they really laid a lot of foundation with a lot of a lot of big names uh, that worked out for him, uh, and a lot of bigger names that would have worked out had the season not started the way I think that it did, um, or that it did in my opinion. Um, but all in all, Josh, this wasn't a bad weekend. It was still a good weekend. You picked up three names, and coming out of it, I think you lead for a couple names, or at least are in strong contention uh what are some of those names that fans should be looking towards uh, one that we already mentioned earlier is ken kirkland the defensive back from jacksonville um that seems to be a florida state kentucky battle and hopefully florida state's able to win that one as we mentioned they lost out with avery stewart kind of got in that one late but uh that's obviously one blake nicholson a uh, kid from out in california that they were able to get on campus for an unofficial for four days like that's unbelievable and with his family it, too right yeah, and, and yeah. big props to Derek Ray, uh, kind of the general manager for spearheading that relationship and that recruitment. Uh, he's done an, an amazing job from his time out on the West Coast out at Oregon State. And um, that looks to be a Florida State, Oregon, UCLA battle. Wisconsin's trying to get in there late, but uh, Florida State feels good, especially uh, I think 247 reported that his family's looking to maybe leave the California area. And if that's the case and trying to get out of the West Coast, then obviously you feel a lot better in Florida State's chances there. Um, another name that, that was on campus uh, that worked out with, uh, with, with Coach Adkins, uh, David, was, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Zalance Hurd, uh, four-star offensive lineman. We know that Florida State's interested in DJ Chester uh, for the offensive line. Is this somebody that Florida State uh, is, is going to potentially – make a big run at to add to this class? Yes. And Josh, he goes by Lance. Is that right? 
yeah land okay so lance heard <laughs> thankfully um okay. yeah no i and you you said it uh tim i think dj chester and lance heard those are the two guys that we're going to see fsu really push for because you already have two studs total studs committed um they're looking to bring in you know maybe a couple more guys and uh dj chester i think there have been some crystal balls for lsu or, or somebody in the sec um but we know that he really likes fsu he's been to campus multiple times he's going to be back on campus um whereas with her this was his first time coming out to campus and that's really really exciting because he could have easily stayed home and gone to lsu this past weekend could have gone to Bama, Auburn, one of those places, but he chose to come to FSU. And he really, really liked what he saw. And, and I totally get what you're saying, Tim. And I think you make a good point in terms of the national perception because, you know, the media has now switched and now they're not only are they slobbering all over Miami, but now all of a sudden they've changed their narrative. And Billy Napier is a stud phenomenal recruiter and he has been all along apparently, even though they were crapping on him the last couple months. Uh, but Florida went on a run. And so I know that can be frustrating to see Miami and Florida both going on runs for commitments and stuff. But we knew that was going to happen. I mean, they, they've got the new coach smell. Mario Cristobal and Billy Napier are both really good recruiters. And so I think this weekend, the FSU actually got one more commit than I thought they were going to get. I thought they were going to get two. Um, we had a good feeling about Feaster. That was I think that was pretty close to being in the bag. Um, and then I thought they'd get one more. So I was happy they got three. But I think this weekend was much more about solidifying things with Nicholson, which I think they did. I think he'll commit to Florida State, which will be a great, great day. Um, and then they made some big moves with guys like Hakeem Williams, who I totally uh, he's my favorite recruit in this cycle, wide receiver recruit. Uh, he is amazing. He could probably start at FSU this year. Um, but the big news there is they're securing an official visit for Hikey Williams. He turned down Texas A&M, Florida, and I, maybe even Alabama to come to, or maybe Georgia, um, to come to FSU this past weekend. He was there for four days, uh, spent a ton of time with Omar Graham Jr., our, one of our darlings, Omar Graham Jr., first recruit we ever had on three stars, uh, but former high school teammate there. So he, they really did a good job with Hakeem Williams. Am I saying that FSU is going to get Hakeem Williams? I can't bring myself to do it because I'll only get heartbroken, but they're getting an official visit from him. They also got Jalen Brown, even though he's committed to LSU, could have gone there last weekend. He didn't. He came up to Florida State. So that tells you that he's still very interested in Florida State. So they're making moves on some of these guys and securing the fact that the recruitment is going to continue, right? Like they're not going to eliminate FSU before the season. The recruitment's going to go into the season. They're going to get these guys on official visits. Um, so I think that's very, very uh, positive from the weekend. But um, I was kind of bummed out that more of the 2024 commitments didn't come to this weekend. I was hoping that they would. So it was definitely deflating that guys like Cam Davis, Jordan Pride, they weren't there. Uh, Camden Fryer was there, which is awesome because he's legit. Alabama wants him now. Um, but it was a bummer to see the big names, bigger names uh, not coming down. But um, so really good developments in terms of wide receivers. Uh, one name that that I find very interesting because it just I don't know what's going on there is Adam Hopkins. So Adam Hopkins has probably been on FSC's campus double digit times by now, probably a dozen times. Yeah. Um, he's saying that Texas A&M is now his leader, but I don't, I don't think either school has given him the green light to commit. Uh, and I think he came to Florida state to try to get that green light this weekend and didn't get it. 
Um, so like guys like him, Santana Fleming, we thought had a really good chance to be in the class, but I think FSU is shooting higher. Like they've got Hakeem Williams, they've got Jalen Brown in their sights. So we'll see what happens there, but maybe that's a guy they can kind of swing back on later. So, um, a couple of recruitments there that were like, Hmm, which, which way is this going to go? We don't know, but, uh, there was definitely some positive momentum and like, like you guys, uh, love the pictures seeing, you know, on one side, you got Lucas Simmons and, and Big Rod Kearney. On the other side, you got Keldrick Falk and Keith Sampson. And uh, there's going to be some epic battles between those guys in the next five years at FSU. So it's cool seeing them interact like that. And when we saw those guys, they were all huddled around one dude. And that one dude was Blake Nicholson. So uh, we know that FSU gave him a strong pitch this weekend. I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, and you didn't even get to mention Boots, you know, who, who you know, wasn't, wasn't able to uh... – to really show out there um who is just another piece of a crazy offensive and defensive line class that florida state's putting together for 2023 uh so i, I think they're one or two pieces away from us probably saying this is their best combined offensive defensive line class since since jimbo days for sure uh, yeah and, and and you're saying it was a disappointing weekend but we, got, we still have to go back and think about they got Rod Kearney to commit early. They got Lucas Simmons to commit early. They got Keldrick. Like, they got all these kids, some of their biggest targets to commit earlier rather than later. And that to, that to me is only a positive. So we'll see. Uh, one name to keep an eye on for this week is Shelton Sampson, five-star wide receiver out of Louisiana. Uh, LSU has to be considered the favorite there, but Florida State is in his top four. Yeah. yeah. I think we're heartbreak city there. He's going to stay in the SEC. Yeah, when I was uh, when when we were talking about herd, I was like, "Oh, Louisiana kid." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> David Johnson, come on, bro. Maybe and, maybe and, uh, one more name to keep an eye on too. Um, FSU uh, recruiting explorer. Remember this name from a couple months ago, and that's Taven Gadsden. Um, and Gadsden already has officially visited Florida State. Uh, he said a few different times in the past that he's looking at August uh, to make his decision. Um, so that's one that we know Odell has, has absolutely prioritized. And uh, Georgia is, is, I don't know if he has the green light from Georgia. I don't think he does. They're kind of keeping him warm a little bit. I think he's like a plan C guy, which must be nice, but it's Georgia. So, but uh, FSU kind of likes where it stands there too. So he could be another Georgia kid that um, FSU could get into the fold. Um, a couple, couple more names to mention. One on the commitment watch list and one on from the camp this past weekend. Uh, Jeremiah Anglin, safety from Lake Wales. Derwin James's cousin is supposed to be committing this week. Um, I'm not sure whether or not Florida State's pushing for his commitment. Uh, if they are, then they're, they're in it. Otherwise, that's probably a Pittsburgh-Kentucky-UCF battle. And then a name from the Seminole Showcase camp this weekend is Utah running back commit Michael Mitchell, who's actually from uh, Middlesburg, Florida, and uh, Florida State hasn't offered him yet, but if they do, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to go to Florida State. Is um, do you think Florida State's waiting to see what happens with Singleton there? Uh, yeah, I think I that that's kind of what I was talking to David about before you decide to grace us with your presence. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell's a kid that I think if if you know one way or another, like they they want to get Singleton in the fold first, and if, and if Singleton decides to choose Penn State or someone else, then and maybe they pivot there, but uh, I think they're waiting to see what Singleton does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be old news by the time that comes out, but uh, David, the guy you were talking about out there at Baylor Novastad or, or whatever it is, is making a commit or making some kind of announcement at eight 30 tonight. Uh, most think it's just, he's going to say, I'm staying with Baylor. 
Uh, oh wow, really? I, I that's that's some of the uh, the smoke I've oh. seen. Okay, Dave Aranda, I see you. Yeah. So you don't you don't want to just keep this this uh, podcast going for two more hours until we can find out. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Josh. Uh, I'll have to get some kale to hold me over or something like that. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen for sure there, but it's just he's making some kind of announcement regarding his recruitment. That's per rivals. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if, if he drops a decommitment, the Brock Glenn uh, recruitment starts to become interesting. It's definitely. Yeah, man. I, I hope he does stick with Baylor because if they, uh, if they struggle with realignment stuff and all that, like I hope he does stick with Baylor because I would think, Ohio State's still going to pursue him if that's the case. Whereas if he goes to, you know, USC or Texas A&M or, you know, Texas or wherever else, whoever else is recruiting him, that's probably a done deal. Yeah. So there you go. So by the time this comes out, we'll either look really smart or like we have no idea what we're talking about. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Josh. And one, one thing that we just kind of seem to emphasize every single podcast, but Florida State with some of these bigger name prospects, especially for 2023, like they're kind of just playing the long game with these guys, and then they're going to try and upset LSU and go on to a eight, nine, ten win season, and and then say, okay, look, now we're showing the progress. Come join us and take us over that next hump. And and I kind of think that that's what they're doing with some of these bigger names like Jalen Brown and Hiking Williams. And like that's the reason they push a Hiking Williams visit to the Florida weekend later in the season. Like we're going to show some progress, and then we're going to try and just you know throw out all the stops and try and get you. Yeah, if you think about the Miami recruiting weekend last year, that's what they did uh, with trying to get a lot of big names. And if it wasn't for the falter at the beginning of the year, uh, I think that that weekend, which was a huge success, would have actually seen some some fruit of the labor there. One last thing I want to talk about before we're done. You kind of mentioned Georgia keeping one of the uh, targets uh, warm. I think we've really yet to see Georgia – fully push in on recruiting this season. Um, I will be really interested, Florida State's class included, especially with 2024, but Florida State's class, Florida's class, Miami's class, um, what happens if Georgia really turns it up for some of these kids? Um, because I, I, Miami's having a, a lot of success right now, um, and Florida's really starting to heat up. And Florida State's got a lot of kids uh, that they're in it for that are big names, and they've got a couple of big names already secured. Uh, but when when some of the bigger dogs really start coming, I, I'm really curious what's going to happen with, uh, with the end of this year uh, with a lot of these players because uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of success going around that I didn't think would happen this quickly. That's a good point, Tim. I, for those of you who follow national recruiting, um, Georgia has been kind of perplexing so far. They, I, I think last time I looked, I think they only have two kids from the state of Georgia committed. Um, and that's, that's an interesting strategy. Like, you know, we see it like when, when FSU really took off under Jimbo and same with Alabama, like you can take your program to a national recruiting level, start getting kids from Texas, California, the Northeast, whatever. But um, there's so many good players in Georgia. I, you know, I, it, it's a very interesting strategy and and you're right Tim we are some of these teams are ranked pretty low like in the 30s and the 40s and you're like all right when's the other shoe going to drop and they just you know freaking fly up the the rankings and something else that's really interesting too is um Ohio State has had so much success in the state of Florida recently 
but uh, they just lost a commitment um, from a, a highly ranked cornerback. Uh, is it Dijon Johnson? Is that his name? Um, and Florida's probably going to land that kid. And so uh, they're having a little bit of trouble in the state of Florida now, which is very interesting. Um, so, yeah, some of those big boy programs, you're right, Tim. I think they're maybe it's a situation where they know that their roster is absolutely stacked and loaded. So they're being really picky. Uh, maybe they're just doing long game evaluations because they know they can flip kids late, kind of like FSU used to feel. So um, I don't know that. But I, you're right. I think that's a really interesting storyline to monitor. You know, and of course we say they're struggling, but Ohio State's number two in the nation and Georgia's number three in the nation. But, you know, it, it just, it kind of seems like they're uh, not as, uh, I guess, not as splash on the scene this, this season. Well, a couple things. Uh, Florida and Miami both have got the new coach smell and they're both fully invested. Um, and the other thing is they still have to play the season. Like, I know that everybody's big on them in the preseason, but Florida's going to get their butt kicked in the SEC, and we know what Miami likes to do, kind of come out big and bad and then start dropping games right and left. And it's not like Mario's an unbelievable coach. I mean, like the guy can obviously recruit, and they've got great funds and whatnot, but we'll see how that goes. And then the other thing is some of these big boy programs, I think they're just going to start playing the portal more and more. So mm-hmm. they're, they're probably being pretty picky about recruiting. Yeah, the, uh, I, I, I share your sentiment about Florida. Uh, I think they're going to struggle some this year. I'm really curious about Miami because this, this should be the season uh, with, with, with Van Dyke and uh, with, with the rooster and everybody down there, like this should be the season. And if they come out and lay another egg, this, uh, that, that new coach smell, that big recruiting class, all of that, 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 that just might not last, but you know, maybe the NL, NIL money, Josh, is, is going to win out for them. So we'll see. Now, what's interesting about Miami, too, is, uh, I mean, we know they're they're buying kids. Everybody knows that. Um, but they're also pissing off a lot of people uh, doing it. Ruiz is pissing off a lot of people. So, you know, I don't think any, any other program is going to do them any other favors if people start come sniffing around. Now, I don't know that any kind of sanctions would happen. But, um, yeah, Miami is, is being the Miami of old. That's for sure. Middle fingers up to the whole rest of the nation. Um, so we'll see what happens that stay tuned on that, especially if some of those crypto checks start to bounce a little bit, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, this was truly a Florida state of recruiting podcast. We've had some <laughs> of those other ones. Uh, uh, Josh, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off if there's anything else you want to say. I mean, how can I top that once the crypto checks start bouncing, like you just got to leave it at that. <laughs> we will say though, um, we're kind of heading into a lull for recruiting August. Uh, there are going to be some announcements, but there's not going to be any major events or anything like that. So uh, with that, those of you who live and die by the, the roller coaster of recruiting, start focusing on fall camp, you know, start, start prepping yourself for the season. And uh, then once the season ramps up, recruiting will also ramp up once again. But the recruiting calendar is kind of in a lull at this point, so you can take a breath. But if you need it, Josh and David will be patrolling Tomahawk Nation and the official recruiting thread, answering all of their questions, telling you how, how and what you need to fill as it comes to Florida State recruiting. So check us out there. Uh, give us uh, five stars on, uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know if we have any technical issues like some of you did a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for that. Uh, and as always, for Josh Pick, For David Stout, for Tomahawk Nation, I'm Tim Allenball. Let's keep climbing.